Previously on In My Mind, Everybody Knows Chris. Speaking for myself, when I listen to that vibe, I win. When I don't listen to that vibe, I lose. And as soon as I lose, the first thing I tell myself is, man, I should have followed my first mind. I shouldn't have done that. I should have listened to that vibe. Message! Man, I want to thank you, man, for always being a beacon of hope, man, inspiration, uh, always giving me wise counsel, man. Um, I don't know what to say, man. It's it's a blessing to be able to listen to God talk through somebody on earth, man. I ain't talking about no pastor. I ain't talking about none of that. I'm talking about your boy. You can go to him and get some wise counsel, man, and that's a blessing. And I know you give me wise counsel because you love me. You want to see me do my best, man, and you support me. And I thank you, man. I'm on that cheap wine tonight, man. But I thank you, man, and I love you. And I just, I'm just so happy you're doing this podcast. And, man, you up there with the greats, man. I told you. You up there with the greats, and I mean it. Wait for it. Free Chris. Get money. Go. It's your boy, C. Will Holler, a.k.a. The Father, a.k.a. The Professional Conversationalist, a.k.a. The Hardest Working Man in Podcasting. And you are now listening to in my mind, everybody knows Chris. Enjoy. It's your boy C. Will Holler, aka the Pop Father, aka the Professional Conversationalist, aka the hardest working man in the And I have a special guest on this version of Bet on Yourself in the house tonight. None other than my homeboy, James JT, the motivator Thompson. JT, you on you on the line? I'm on, I'm on. That's what's up. What's going on, brother? <laughs> brother, listen, man, it brings me great pleasure, great joy to have you on. In my mind, everybody knows Chris. Uh, you and I have had some very deep and in-depth in uh, spiritual conversations over the past couple of years, but definitely a lot in the past few months. And I'm really excited to have you on this evening. I know we're going to get into some very deep and spiritual topics, uh, definitely two topics that I like to talk about in terms of the of where we are in the church world and where we are as, as black men in particular. Um, so I'm very excited to have you, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm I'm honored to be on the show tonight, man. You know, I'm an avid listener, and uh, so I'm just glad to be a part of this, man. Thanks. Oh man, listen, that's high praise coming from you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll introduce yourself, man. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself. Excuse me. I'll let the listeners know that uh, JT and I go back a couple years now. I'd probably say almost ten years. Um, I can't remember yeah. the actual date or year that we met. So I'll let you talk a little bit about that in when you get into your own introduction, but I, I know you're from the gym, uh, a master personal trainer, and just an all-around great guy. You can talk about all things related in terms of sports. You can talk about the spiritual world. You can talk about business. Uh, we can talk about women. We can talk about everything. And, and what I like most about having conversations with you, JT, is you keep everything above the belt. I don't ever feel like you're coming from you know a personal place or a place of judgment so i, I love the, the honesty and i love how you, you give real thought to the things that you say in terms of how a conversation should go so i, I just wanted to let the listeners know that you're going to give some real down-to-earth insight on these topics today i don't feel like you're going to come off as a preachy type of person um i don't know you to be that type of guy so I want you to be comfortable. I want you to make yourself at home. I want you to say any and everything that comes top of mind in this discussion. Well, thanks, bro. You know, I, <laughs> I'll do my best to be who I am, you know, <laughs> I think other than that, right? Uh, <laughs> no, that's right. Well, let's let, let the listeners know who you are, man. All right. Well, um, I'm James Thompson. Uh, you know, I'm a youth minister at Divine Order Church. Um, I teach high school. Um, I'm also a speaker. Um, I speak in groups like Toastmaster, as well as 
Speakers Association. Um, my social media link is JT the Motivator with the number eight. Um, as Chris says, I get, I'm a master trainer. I, I love fitness. I believe in keeping the temple clean and in shape as God would want it to be. And, uh, you know, just a man of God. I'm a CEO and founder of uh, The Shift Project. Um, and uh, we're a nonprofit organization making moves within the community. And uh, I'm a husband and a father and a, a man of God. Absolutely. I would say you are aware of many hats, sir. Um, and I think he's a good man of God and a good friend. And, and that's what I like most about, you know, bringing people on to the show to let folks know that there are great men and women out in the atmosphere doing some great work on the behalf of the community as well as for the kingdom of God. And I, I, I again, I love the fact that you're able to bring this kind of realness to the topics that we're going to cover today, but also you bring it in, in, in such a way that I, I believe the listeners will be able to digest, or as I say, they'll be able to pick up what you're putting down. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you, brother. Uh, I'm looking forward to this discussion, you know, so. Thank Absolutely. <laughs> to it uh six degrees of chris is a segment that i like to quickly talk about in terms of how we know each other we know each other from the gym so correct me if i'm wrong what year did you actually move to atlanta georgia uh 2005 2005 and did you get your start at the la fitness on cobb parkway or aka acres mill in 2005 yes 2005 october of 2005 okay so that was october 2005 i'm going to tell you that is well over 10 years then because i moved here in 2002 and i started working out at that gym in 2004 right so we're at 2018 so that's 13 years bro yeah yeah <laughs> wow goodness I, I knew it was i knew it was right at a decade but i didn't know it was 13 years that's pretty impressive man yeah definitely man definitely we've been We've been, man, we started out just kind of saying what's up through passing and speaking here and there. And, you know, the relationship has grown, obviously, over the years, you know, to where we are, you know, to have us where we are here today. Uh, Absolutely. As I like to say, iron sharpens iron. And like I said, you know, so so one man sharpens another. Um, In terms of uh, the things that you've done and the maturation that I've seen you go through and develop over those 13 years, how do you feel about that? Like from going from then to now, how do you feel about the de- development and, and the maturation of James J.T. Thompson? Uh, I wouldn't want to do it any other way. You know, um, I think, you know, there was a lot of um, growing pains, you know, um, you know, as we grow. And even as a child, when you grow, you know, it hurts sometimes. So there was some hurt and there was some good times. But I think everything that happened along the Needed to happen to get me where I am today. So, you know, I, I wouldn't change it for a bit. You know, I, I think I've come a long way from the James that arrived in Atlanta in 2005 to the James that you're speaking to tonight. <laughs> I hope we all have in 13 years. Right. Yeah, another, uh, as you know, I like to speak in quick quote and rhyme. And another one I said, yeah, I like to say is if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Hey, Talk- listeners a little bit about the challenges that you faced since you've been here and those past 13 years since you've been in Atlanta, Georgia? Uh, well, you know, it's a lot of changes, you know, uh, loss of broken relationships, um, mm-hmm. um, situations, you know, and if I can, if I can, you know, be transparent, you know, I, I went through a, <laughs> a, a trial in my life where, you know, I was uh, pretty much homeless, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and just kind of couch to couch making things happen figuring out what was going to work you know making mistakes and trying to you know rewrite my wrongs but um, you know like I said through those times I was able to find out who I was you know and I was able to find that relationship that I needed which was the relationship with God and through all of that I've you know become a better version of myself you know um you know i had to shed some old skin so that i could shine new in this in this new place where i'm at in life so it's been a journey man it's it's been a journey you know (laughs) you know through our talks alone you know it's been corporate it's been 
it's been up and down, you know, and uh, I think that's kind of sometimes how life kind of is. Like it can be like a yo-yo. It's up and it's down, you know. But I've had my share. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, and I, and I, I see. I didn't know the homeless part, so that actually um, definitely raises some more questions and, and some more dynamic topics. Because I was definitely going to ask, being that you had to go through those types of challenges, I'm pretty sure that you found yourself in situations where you felt that it was just you and God in that moment. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, what the toughest part was is that I had my son who at the time was like, you know, he was young, seven, eight years old. And, you know, I'm his dad just trying to do my best, you know, to make sure everything was all right. And there was, you know, plenty of moments, you know, where, you know, I truly had to depend on God. I had to trust that he was going to see us through all situations. And and he did, man, you know, it, and it didn't always look like what I wanted it to look like, but mm-hmm. what I needed in the end. And, you know, he always provided. And, you know, my son is good. You know, I got a son in college. And yeah, I was about to say, you got a, you got a young one off in school. What yeah. school? Uh, he's at the University of Nebraska. That's what's up, and, man. Uh, one in college, one in middle school. And, and, my, and, you know, he's just, he's just showing me favor, but... You know, what got me through that is I had to accept, I had to forgive myself, you know, sometimes in life, mm-hmm. you know, as people, and I, I think a lot of men as well, um, we, we, it's hard for us to forgive ourselves for the mistakes or the wrongs we've done in our past. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we realize that when we forgive ourselves, forgive ourselves and start saying yes to ourselves, our purpose becomes more clear. Uh, if you understand what I'm saying, we there's so much power in just saying yes and in forgiveness. And once we use those two things, you know, doors are open. God will make things happen. And I held on to my past as an anchor. So my ship could never take sail because I was so attached to that past. But once I said, you know, I'm no longer that man and that I'm something new, you know, you know, God just kind of just calm to see and i just was able to just coast from that point on absolutely man you again you know i grew up in the words so you can't pour new wine into old wine skins absolutely let me ask you a question um i which i don't really know so it'd be good for my own edification let alone for the listeners tuning in tonight um did you grow up in the church no i i didn't um (laughs) that's actually a good question it's funny as i know i did i did not grow up in the church uh my great grandfather was a pastor. Most of my uncles are ministers. My mother grew up in the church, but she did not um, force us to go to church as kids. Me and my sisters and uh, and I. First time I stepped into a church, I was thirty-five, I believe. Wow! Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, with your mom and your family being steeped in the church, but not you necessarily individually or personally being uh, grown up. Uh, growing up and developing in the church as I have, do you feel like some of the lessons that your mom may have picked up during those times of, of, of her growing up in the church, do you feel that she imparted um, any type of knowledge or wisdom or discernment for you to have or develop a personal relationship with God before you had to go through those tri- trials and tribulations to to achieve that, that relationship with God? Um, yeah, definitely, because she definitely told us to always, you know, to to believe in God and to pray, you know? So even though I, I didn't grow up in the church and when times got hard or when I needed that new job, oh, I knew to, to pray okay. and to ask God for it. You know, I knew that, you know, I believe that Jesus Christ died. Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. And, and I, and I believe that there is a God that put us all here. I just did not believe in the church. Mm, wow, that's powerful because right. the church is the people, the body of Christ. So, right. so you're saying that you you knew, and I, I often quote it. So you knew who God was, you just didn't know what he was about. Right, right, right. I didn't have that relationship. I didn't I didn't have the the plug, as they would say. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they say, man. Let's get into it. And, and you definitely be plugged into the source. Um, so I like the terminology. 
Um, but we brought you on today to talk on, talk about many different dynamic topics. Um, and I thank you for setting the stage for the listeners to get to know a little bit about you personally, because they'll be hearing a lot about you through me and through the work that we're going to be doing. That's a, a big project that I'm super excited about, which is known as the Shift Project. Um, do you want to talk to the listeners a little bit about that? Sure, sure, man, definitely. Um, the Shift Project, you know, um, the Shift Project, you know who we are. We're an organization that helps individuals get from where they are to where they need to be. We're, we're, we're about bridging the gap between God and the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, our, our big focus is bringing the word of God back into the community um, where we're missing a lot of opportunities to change lives. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I see going wrong right now is, you know, a lot of people, we, we live for self. We're not actually living the way Christians should live out. Um, I see so many people doing things that are focused so much on them and not actually on what is needed of them from God. So, you know, the shift project is trying to just fill in that void in areas of where things are need. You know, uh, we're like I said, we're doing a lot of outreach work. Um, we're focused on a uh, prison ministry, more of the transition guys that are in the halfway house and uh, preparing to come out back into the world and helping guys with that transition, uh, men and women, and just, you know, helping those who are broken by society, by life, just, you know, be whole again. Facts. Um, And kudos to you for developing those outreach channels, because I know there's a lot of people who struggle with recidivism when trying to acclimate back to society at large after you've been institutionalized. Um, where you basically uh, become a robot because it puts you on such a strict and stringent schedule and then you have to go back out into the world and kind of sort of have carte blanche and free range and you're not necessarily having things set up to, to help um, so quick question as you talk about God, the church and your outreach mission would you would you say you people Closer to God through religion or through spirituality? Because there is a difference. Uh, there is a difference. Um, I would say, well, you repeat that for me again. <laughs> sure. I would say um, I, the, the question was in regards to you reaching out to people, you know, using the Shift Project as an outreach channel to the community. Um, helping building bridges for people to not only, you know, get back into society after they dealt with about in prison, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you have other outreach programs. Do you feel doing the work of God through spirituality or through religion? <sighs> Interesting. Um, when I think of spirituality, of course it is, you know, I'm called to do what I'm to do is by the Holy spirit. Okay. And, um, but if we look at religion, we are, religion has been put into a, a box where it is kind of, it has more become more of a tradition. Okay. Then it is a, that a spiritual relationship with God. People, you have more people nowadays serving or doing things based on what they've learned over the years on tradition. Okay. I went to church with grandma, went to church with mama, went to church with grandpa. So that's just what I do. Got it. Really. So for me, it it is a serving on the Holy spirit. It is, it's a spirit thing. It is, it is, I'm led by God to do what that I, what I am supposed to do because I don't have a church tradition. I don't have a, I didn't, you know, I wasn't, really taught to go to church every Sunday you know so everything so I believe my calling in this is is called by God you know and not you know on a, the standards of religion in, in that in that way if you understand what I'm saying absolutely and I think you answered the question definitely the way I put it out there because I think um, 
to me in today's society, and I'm speaking specifically because I'm not a white person, so I'm speci uh, speaking specifically uh, towards the black church. I think that there are two factions in terms of, I know that there are many different denominations, but I believe the two factions that we deal with in society today would be that of the religious and traditional background and that of the quote unquote new age and spiritual background. People who have more of that one-on-one -on -one connection with God, but also to your point through service that they're reaching out to the needs of the community on an individual basis, just speaking through their own experiences and through their own walks uh, with, with, with God and with Christ, so to speak. And I know those are some of the conversations that you and I have all the time in terms right. of spirituality. And, and as men, as we deal with life as it comes, kind of kind of digging deep down into your soul and into your essence, into your being, um, if not every day, every other day, every other week, uh, facing the ills of society that we have to. I mean, as you eloquently pointed earlier in your conversation, both of us had uh, about with uh, corporate and we right. came to certain decisions that we were not going to be able to do the work that we felt that we were called to do and do the things that we, we love to do in those situations. So do you want to talk a little bit about how you... Um, utilize your relationship with God to come to your decision to, to leave corporate? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting how that, how it all happened. And, and I'll tell you because it, it was kind of like it was a three-dimensional thing. You know, it started with I got baptized. I walked into this church, I get baptized, and I, and I well, I got saved. And then I got baptized. But throughout the process, my mother had constantly been saying, you know, so why are you still, you, you know, you're working this job that you love the pay, but you don't love the job. Mm. And she said, but you love fitness. And, and how come you're not, you know, doing something with that? You can do your own. And uh, my stepfather had gotten cancer, had just kind of taken over. And uh, one of the things he always pushed for us was to, you know, you know, be your best, you. And uh, when he died and um, had a, you know, that, that really hit me hard, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is my stepdad, but he poured a lot in me growing up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just kind of made a decision that, you know, I was, I was in a place and it's funny because this is when I, I can truly see that I was starting to grow into the man God wanted me to be because I, I worked in a school and my job was to help students find employment after they graduated. And our, our mission at this school was that, you know, we will make sure every student is employed and that if you are a past student, you can come back and we will still help you. One day I'm coming into work and I see a young lady, African-American sister, and she's sleeping on the concrete in front of the building. And so I stopped and I asked her, she just said, hey, you know, I graduated from here, but I, I, they never found me a job. My mom and dad are both dead and my aunt put me out and I'm just living in the streets. And I took her in and I started helping her and my boss basically said, what are you doing? And it was at that point I knew that I could no longer be in that type of environment because you know, we are all put here to help people, and, not, and I'm being in a position not to help my sister, and and we're all of African American descent, and and you're telling me, you know, no, we got to push her to the side because there's other people we got to help, and you know, and I'm like, I have plenty of time to help anyone, mm -hmm. but I knew in that moment that was it, and I literally came back two days later said this is my today recognition i'm not you know two day you know two week resignation it's a today wow and i'm done and i walked away with two clients that i had personal training and i put all my trust in god and my business blossomed you know just because i put all of my trust in him and the business blossomed and i never really had a reason to turn back and how long has it been since that happened i was 2012 so we're talking I'm about six years man yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a true walk of faith and that's a true test of faith too because yeah. um, you basically bolted because of the you saw that the, of, of a former student were not being met and i would imagine that that goes against 
the bylaws and the, the mission statement of that school. Yeah, yeah, you know, that school ended up losing their Title IV funding and uh, ended up shutting down anyway. But, you know, um, it was it was that situation, though, that made me realize that I could because, you know, I realized that if I worked for myself, I decided who I can and can't help. That's right. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that a lot of people like to talk about in terms of financial freedom and independent means, uh, if it's a good feeling to have, but the daunting task of that maintaining that responsibility and the gravity. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like yourself, because you know, like you said, you're you're married, and so you're a husband and you're a father. Um, you know, I, I can only imagine the the level of responsibility that comes with that because you have others depending on on you as well. Um, you well, want to talk a little bit about your relationship with your wife, who I think is a lovely woman, by the way. Uh, uh, yeah, sure, man. You know. Um, my wife, uh, Maya, we've been married for, well, it'll be two years in December, so we're still in that new phase. That's uh, right. You know, we met at the gym, you know, um, and, I, and I met her. When we met, we were both at a, a place in our lives where we weren't seeking in the people. We were both seeking God. Oh, so, wow. And it's, it's funny how God worked because I was at a point where I, was, I had stopped dating. And I was like, you know, this relationship with God has to be so serious right now. And this is my focus. And she was in that same place. So and when we met, it was kind of like, well, I'm not trying to date. And I'm not trying to date. But, <laughs> <laughs> but God saw, saw fit other ways. He said, you know, my, well, y'all plans and my plan don't match up. So, you know, right. I want to do what I want to do. And, uh, you know, we went out on one day. She Well, she came to meet me at a a friend's uh, birthday party and uh, after that night we went out literally on a date for two weeks straight I just you know took her and uh, I knew she was the one man and, wow you know sometimes God you know he he puts the plant right in front of you and he says you know water <laughs> you know <laughs> and, and that's what I did you know there was no I didn't I knew at that moment that she was the one that I was meant to be with and she was my my purpose that God's purpose was for me at that time to find her and to protect her and, and uh, be a true man of God and a leader for this family and we are man and she's she's trusted me with her life thus far <laughs> you know that's right that's right he that find up the wife yes sir well what I enjoy uh, about the both of you in your relationship is I like the way, and this is just me speaking from a guy's perspective, so this probably will come off as sexist, but I like the fact that, you know, she'll come in and, you know, you, you, the guy's over in the corner talking loud as normally as we normally are. Um, she'll come in, she'll speak, and then she'll go on and she'll hit the weights and she'll go do her thing and leave you over there to talk and, and just shoot the breeze with us. So I actually really appreciate that because I see that to your point about she trusts you um and she trusts that you're going to do the right thing and i can see and appreciate the fact that you trust her and and sitting down at the table with you all just recently as we were discussing um shift project and, and all the moving parts going forward i was just i was just blown away by the the dedication and the thought that she put into that project and the process and bringing all the parts together and it, i was just really blown away because i like i told you at the table i mean she had some phenomenal ideas and you're talking about somebody who's been in the marketing world for a long time and i've been in the marketing world at various levels as well so i've been in the strategic meetings um i actually have tactical background in terms of fulfillment so in order for her to pull some of those ideas out of her head the way she did and, and, and articulate them i was i was immediately impressed at that so um yeah. kudos to her and i could see that she's you know dedicated and just as passionate about the project as you are yeah yeah man you know she's my spotter as we say <laughs> as spotters yeah. and snipers the snipers only as good as a spotter right, right. <laughs> so uh but um yeah you know when um you know god gave me this vision and and I truly say God because it was, this is something I would have never thought of. You know, um, I could tell you that if I could just speak a little more about my journey, yeah. um, 
it was never my plan to become a youth minister. It was never my plan to serve in the church. I just wanted to learn, get a relationship with God and, and study my Bible and, and just be, you know, a church person, a church goer. <laughs> that was it. That's right. But he had a different plan for me. And when he gave me this, this vision, he gave me this word and I didn't immediately understand it, but my wife being the woman of God that she is, the first thing she said is, baby, you got to pray about it, you know, because he, he has a plan. And I, I'm going to tell you how, how it, important she is to what I'm doing. I said, babe, you know, I just thought God wanted me to shift things. She said, if he wanted you to shift things, he would have told you just move this chair. <laughs> just slide this couch over a little bit. <laughs> she was like, but... He needs you, he said, but she said to me, but there are people out here that are not hearing God and they're not mm. fearing God. And, he, and she said, and he needs you to shake some things up. He needs you to bring some folks back to him. And I, and I said, wow, this woman is amazing. I was like, you know, preach. We're going to put you up on the pulpit, let you speak to her. <laughs> but um, she's, you know, she keeps me balanced, man, you know. She keeps me balanced, man, and she's a, she's wise counsel, man. You know, she's my she's my pastor. <laughs> you know? I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, she uh, so she works with me, man. And God put this on my heart, and man, and I just been poking away, poking away, finding, trying to just listening to God, and He's been, you know, planting pieces, man. I mean, even with you, you know, I I said, honey, I. You know, my friend Chris and man, you know, we have these great conversations. He's a man of God. He's a he's a true friend. And, you know, I remember the first time I said, Chris, man, I can use your help. And, you know, you remember what you said to me? I don't. You said, Jay, just let me know anytime I got you. And you've always said that. And you and I, and I, and you meant it. And I knew that you meant it just because of how you said it. You well, know, I, I would hear anybody. I will never tell anybody that if I don't read it. Like I, that, that for, in terms of me being a man of God and a man of my word, those are two things my grandfather definitely taught me to be. Um, I won't tell you I can do something and I can't. Um, and I will tell you that I will do something that I won't. Right. So, you know, like you said, and like I said earlier, iron sharpens iron. So I've always known you to be um, uh, not only a man of God, but also a man of your word. And you've always looked out for me. And like I said, you can always tell a, a, a kindred spirit um, just through right. conversation because uh as my last podcast said it's a vibe right yeah, i'll speak about yeah. you know how jesus walked uh amongst the people and, and some people he said follow me some did and some didn't and i, I right. think people just can attest to the fact that when you are um in, in in communication and and you have a bond not only with god but you can see god in people um talking to you throughout the years and, and other people, you know, like Blanchard and, and, and Taurus from the gym, great guys, great men. Um, but, but when you're talking to them, you, you can not only hear God in them, but you can see God in their walking and in, a, in their lives. That's and right. I want to talk to you specifically about the, the, the topic of dear church people, because you, you alluded a little bit to that right. when you about your wife, Maya. Um, let's talk a little bit about that topic and, and how you came up with that, because I don't want to take credit for that title, right? I thought it was a great title. Uh, interested oh. to, to tune into uh, the podcast this evening. Okay. Well, you know, uh, dear church people, is uh, it's, it's actually a message that I was working on uh, for a sermon series, and uh, it, it stems from um, if you that we have so many people in the church today. People are running and turning from the church, and, and you, and you, and they're not getting the opportunity to build a relationship with God. And or you have people who want to know God, but they're scared to go to the church. And the problem is not that they're 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 scared to know God, but they're they hate or fear the criticism that people in the church might give them, or that they don't fit into the the community which is the church and right. but at the same time you got people that are in the church that are again they're off a of tradition they are there because mama took me to church and or you know we wear the big hats to church because that's what grandma used to do but they're not there they're not being christians they're just church people they're they're the ones who who hallelujah amen and praise god 
but they're talking about everybody and everything and everyone. Yeah, so they're there, but they're not there to serve, which is the primary yeah. function of the church. Of the church. They're gifted in the gossip, but not in the gospel. Got you it. know what I mean? <laughs> I like that, gifted in the gospel. <laughs> gifted in the gospel, but not in the gospel. Amen right. to that. Right. And so when I came up with the their church people, I was actually in uh, Acts. I was reading out of Acts 3, chapter 3. And in there, there's a um, story about a gate called Beautiful. And in this gate, uh, in this story, there's a crippled man that, that's carried every day past the temple to the gate, right? And he sits at the gate and he begs people for money. Now, you got all the Pharisees and Sadducees, which would be like your elders and ministers. They're all in the church. But this man is at the gate and he's waiting for his blessing. And Peter and John are walking up to this gate and as this man asks them for money Peter says I don't have money but what I have is much better and he blesses the man and prays and tells him get up and the man stands up and he's walking and they walk to the church together and what happens is the people in the church are just amazed they're like this is the dude from the gate <laughs> but what they miss is that well you guys were so busy worried about each other within this church I was missing the man at the gate called beautiful the blessing somebody was waiting for y'all to come out and bless this man and i feel like in today's church you got so many people that are stuck on the old religion the old ways that they're missing the shift that things are changing because 2018 you know people are internet you know a lot of people don't want to come into the church so people are scared to take the church into the community and i feel like when they're stuck on old traditions again they're, they're missing the opportunity to do what god has truly called them to do within the community um so it, it's, it's interesting you know it, it's, it's it's interesting how i came up with that message and how god gave me that idea for that word and um you know you think about uh i look deeper you know if we go into even any more depth and you look in chapter four and acts and peter is speaking in the church and he's being judged by people in the church not by the people but the people who should be saying hey man this is a man of God but they're they're judging him because he doesn't look like church and a lot of times just because people say it doesn't look like church so therefore it can't be church but just because it doesn't look like church doesn't mean it's not church okay so give me the definition of what the word church means to you well, churches, when me, you, and Blanchard are standing together and we're speaking and we're talking and God is in the presence of our conversation, that's church. Church okay. is our conversation we was having Saturday. We were sitting at this table and, and God is in the midst of, of this entire, you know, conversation. That's, that's church. The building is a place where people come to gather and worship together. But church can be held on the street corner. Church can be held in a grocery store. Church can be held in your living room. Church is wherever God is in the presence and two or more are speaking his name. I couldn't have said it better and I wouldn't have said it better. And I think you're absolutely right because one thing I can attest to is when we're at the gym and we're talking about what we're talking about and when we were in uh, that Starbucks on Saturday talking the way we were talking, one thing I could pick up was the fact that people were just in awe that you you had these young people in the middle of these various places talking about God. And I remember somebody walking up to me in the gym one day and said, man, I can't believe that y'all talk about God the way y'all talk about God in a place like this. And I said, at a place like what? <laughs> a, place like, a place like what exactly? Yeah, I was like, all the way, I'm like, well, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So why can't I talk about God wherever I want to talk about God? Exactly. And, you know, and when I think about church people and I think about how I was so, as I said earlier in the conversation, I was, I believed in God, but I didn't believe in the church because I've seen so much mess. I, I, I listened to some of my aunts and, and how they talked about so bad about other people in the church and judged people or this and that, that they were so consumed with themselves that they was forgetting about what God needed them to do. They were forgetting about the people who needed them and they didn't realize that their actions were pushing someone like me away from the church. Wow. That yeah, I could I could actually see how that happened. I know it's for me and myself, 
like I said earlier, growing up in the church, there were a lot of things to me that I saw and that I experienced personally that were off-putting. And I, but I would also say that I don't necessarily want to associate or say that someone drove me from the church because when I left, it was my decision. Um, but, but it was my decision because I knew that wherever I went, I was taking God with me, that I wasn't leaving God in the church because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And as long as I had the message of Christ and the word of God in my heart, that I was going to be all right. And, and what I would go back to is um and i can't remember what book of the bible that it comes from but when he went to when he was by the the, the seaside and he told the guy that would launch out into the deep because they were fishing in the shallows and he was like you you're not gonna catch no fish over here you gotta launch out in the deep that's right but the water's dark and and you know when you start talking about what well, you know because i'm from florida right so right. Being, being that we're on a continental shelf you got to go some miles out before you get deep dark that deep, deep water where it's not even blue anymore is black. And I think um, to me that that message is a message of faith. It's that message is all about your faith, where a lot of people deal with faith and it's easy to say you have faith. But that's in the shallow part because you're really not putting it to the test. When you put it to the test, as you and I did, like when we took our high paying jobs and our nice titles and our positions of influence um, and say, you know what? I'm going to go out here and do it on my own. To me, mm -hmm. down into the deep. Um, and right. I definitely have to ask the question to you um, because you're talking a lot about the personal experiences that you've gone through. Not only develop a relationship with Christ, but to, to strengthen your relationship with Christ through faith. How do you make these messages and, and this word and your experience relevant to young people today? How do you make that an offer to them to say, hey, this is how you should or maybe have a possibility of developing a, a relationship with God yourself? Well, by being an example, you know. Um, what a novel idea. <laughs> uh, well, you know, because, you know, I mean, for me, you know, and, and, and I'll share a little bit, you know, a little tidbit more. But again, I got saved when I was 35 and baptized and I had no idea about this relationship with God and how it worked. And, and there was so much resistance and you know i you know my background i was <laughs> i was i wasn't the guy you introduced to mom and dad you know <laughs> you that other guy <laughs> i was that other guy and i didn't understand what forgiveness was mm -hmm. but i think about when i truly and completely let myself go to christ to god things started happening in, in the, not in a million years would I thought I would be where I'm at today as a youth minister, as a public speaker, running, you know, running a nonprofit organization. These are things I couldn't imagine, but I, I, I stayed true to who I was. I was an example of what a Christian should be, uh, you know, and the tough times that come with being a Christian and the, and the blessings that come from serving God. I just accepted it all. And and that's how I am today. And when I meet people, and you know, I'm like, hey, uh, this is who I am. You know, I, you know, I ask God, and God, if you want me to serve you, just allow me to still be me. <laughs> you know, allow me to still have something of me. You know, and you know, I me, mean, I like to laugh. We laugh, we joke, and uh, you know, I'm not walking around and telling everybody I'm blessed and, and touching their foreheads with oil. I, I, <laughs> you know, just being me an example god says be righteous in his righteousness mm -hmm. you know and and being righteous you look up the definition of righteous is just being a good person that's it <laughs> that's it being a good person doing what is right serving when you can you know loving when you can and that's 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 the that's what it means to be a christian is just to be righteous and i think some people get so caught up like i said the tradition is scripture where he says that the Gentiles, those who don't know me, that seek me, will receive what I have for them, and they have and they have more faith because you, who are the ones that I have chosen, are too busy trying to live by the law that you're missing trusting me and having the faith. So again, it goes back to tradition. People are so busy trying to live by tradition that they forget that they're supposed to just have faith and trust. In God, because they're so focused on what they've been taught, what they've been learned, and that's what the missing. And so for me, like I said, it's just I'm just I just try to be an example, man. I'm a, 
I'm a cool dude, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I can attest to that. And you, you raised the point, and that's why I asked you the, the, the question that I asked uh, when I when I asked about the difference between spirituality and religion. And you hit it right on the head when you said the difference between being righteous and pious. Because I tell everybody, um, it's it's so easy to overlook what these words mean. And if I said time and time again, I am a of semantics, and I love language and i love the meaning and the definitions of words because they have a purpose right so i think when you're talking about someone who is truly walking their faith instead of talking their faith uh it's a person who is more righteous versus pious and then pious definitely mm -hmm. devoutly religious right you, you put right. it's all show and and, and tell it's it's no substance there right right no definitely definitely man um and, and and it's it's and, and look it's it's not easy to walk the righteous path because you know it just like it's it's not easy to turn the other cheek especially when you you're used to turning the other cheek and coming back around with a backhand you know what I mean? <laughs> that's right. You but, have many conversations around that. <laughs> right, but you know because like I said, it's so easy to live unrighteous than it is to live righteous, but. You know, if you think about life and how people are today, it, it is is somebody so quick to say that I'm a good person and then turn and do something wrong. And they will say, well, I did that because instead of just saying, you know, I was wrong and that and, and because, you know, I'm a man of God or I'm so. I'm, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a devout Christian, or I'm just a good guy. I, I shouldn't have did that. You know, yeah. I was just about to say that. I think when I, as I got older and I developed in my maturity, um, not only in my physical maturity, but also my mental and my spiritual maturity, as it says, when you put it, when you uh, become a man, you put away childish things. I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's harder to be righteous. I have more freedom now that I would say that I'm definitely on a righteous path because I say what I mean and I mean what I say. Amen. I, Feel like I have to make people feel comfortable um, because I'm comfortable in my skin and if you're not comfortable with me being comfortable then that says more about you than it does me now I'm not going to do anything to go out of my way to make you feel comfortable but you know as Jesus said I can't bring the sword I like a lot of people think you know that when you are a Christian and, and that you're supposed to walk around and tiptoe around certain topics and subjects but it's like yo th th to your point like this is this is what what I'm about. Like, if that's what you're about, cool. And I'm not here to judge because that's another thing that is synonymous with religious people. The the judgment necessarily um, an an air or a, a sensibility of acceptance. And I and that's who I am. I'm an I'm right. who, I accept people for who they are. And, and that's how we should be. But you know, in, in this in this society, it's. it's so many people live to please others, you know, and because they're scared of what others may think if they're if you're just doing what's right. That's because right. So, so many aren't doing what's right. You know, even the scripture says your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge in the floods of the wild and destructive things that they do. So they slander you and people are scared to be slandered from doing right but like you said god said i come to bring the sword right right so and when we're walking in righteousness we should not should not matter what other people think or what other people may say about what you're doing only thing that matters is that god says well done that's right um and, and you know so like i said it's, it's interesting because a lot of this spills over into the practical and into the worldly life but the same stuff goes on within the church you got people that are doing things because they're looking for the approval of a man of their pastor or, or somebody else or some else you know people do things to please others instead of just being focused on pleasing god and, and that's what he wants is us to please him you know that's right. And I don't think that the things that would please God, if you're walking a truly righteous path, those things that please God will please you as well, because the quality of the work Amen. that you're doing in your walk and in your life, and in terms of like we said about being a help, being of service to others, not just yourself, um, but just seeing, um, as I like to say, the a rising tide lifting all boats, right? Like everybody benefits when the righteous man 
wins. Like that's just how it is because you're going to make sure everybody's taken care of. And there's a statement that came to my mind the other day where I heard someone say, man, you know, nice guys finish last. And I'm like, of course they do. They put everybody before them. Like that's it's set up. <laughs> but God also said that, you know, he won't be mocked that, you know, the seeds of man, so of them shall he also reap. So I, right. I've had to learn this, right? I had to learn to not grow weary in my, in my doing good. You know, and it that it, because it wasn't just about me, because I know to your point about being a human being, we get tired and like, hey, man, like how many L's I'm going to take? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. But, you know, it even says that the first will be last and the last will be first. So and God said the those who are the, the leaders will wash the feet of the servant. Even Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. He put him to his disciples for, before him when he could have told them, come wash my feet. He said, but no. I will wash your feet. Okay. And those who want to lead will wash the feet of their brothers. Well, we need a lot of that in today's society. A lot of our leaders need to really understand that we are not here to serve them, that they are here to serve us. Amen. Amen. You know, and, um, but <laughs> we live in that, what's it, what they call in this generation, the Me Too. <laughs> a Me Too era, you know, everybody wants to say, well, Me Too. You know. Mr. Me Too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, it's uh, and it, it's hard, man. You know, and I and that's why I like, you know, the things like the Shift Project is it's important. You know, it's about bringing the wholeness back to society. You know, bringing God back to the forefront. I I, I feel like God is just not on the front lines of the community. Not that He's not there, but He's not in the forefront of the community. He's not in the discussion. He's not in the discussion, you know. It, people are scared to talk about the man who's given us everything, and uh, I, and I think that it needs to be brought back. I think things could can change if, if his presence is felt, and whether it's within the community, within the schools, you know, um, within the church, <laughs> outside the church. I mean, it, things could change. Things can shift. And, um, well, they have to change and they have to shift because I don't think we can continue on the same arc that we are on. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was actually, you know, in my studies last night and I was looking up the universal laws. And the funny thing to me, um, with a lot of the motivational speakers that I listen to nowadays, and, and, and I'm talking about as far as going back to Neville Goddard, um, Jim Rohn, a lot of these guys, mm -hmm. even Robbins. It's funny to me because when I hear them speaking, I'm like, yo, this stuff is directly from the Bible. Mm, yes. Like, directly from the Bible. So for me personally, I don't look at the Bible as religious texts. I just look at the Bible as a how-to book. You know what I mean? Like a how-to book where you want to talk about business, you want to talk about relationships, professional and personal. Or yeah. you just talk about, you know, how to deal with a bad day. Like anything you need to deal with life as it comes, it's in that book. It's in that book, you know, it's funny, I was uh, talking with a friend about, you know, he's about building a team, and I said, you know, if you think about the journey of Jesus Christ, he gives you the blueprint of how to build a team. In Jesus' journey, it doesn't. he doesn't talk a lot about him preaching in his sermons, but he talks a lot about how he picked his disciples. That's right. He built his team, you know. I was like, you know, he laid it out, you know. He said, "I'm, you know, I'm gonna take this guy here. I'm gonna take this guy with this, this Peter. He's a liar. He's got anger. I got Philip. I got this doctor. I'm gonna get an accountant. I'm gonna get, you know, a tax collector. I'm, I'm putting together this team. Yeah. You know, Chicago Bulls. <laughs> yeah, you know, that literally, that's what he does. You know, and uh, like you said, it, it is a book, man. It, it's, it's a." You know, it, it's a book of information. It's, it's not just. I call it the book of principles. Not because people look at the people look at the Bible as a rule book. I say no. It's a book about principles. It's not a book about rules. Right. Right. No, things are different. So to me, principles set you up and set you free. Rules bind you and constrict you. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Bible truly does. It it, it, it sets you up to be free. It you know to be free as a man free in christ you know um i've been in my studies and and i'm looking at you know how paul says in the message i you know i was good with with a lot and i'm good with little 
That's right. He's teaching what he's teaching in that in that message, you know, and I'm not sharing the whole text, but what he's saying is that I'm content with wherever I'm at. And and that's and me and you have both learned that. You know, when you left a corporate job, it's like, you know what, but I'm con- I don't I'm- sit in the office and I'm not making this six figures, but but I'm okay. That's right. I'm good. Like like you said, I think the way the way we can help digest help people digest these messages because they can be compound and complex when you're not learning when you're not ready to receive it um mm-hmm. i use a lot of you know modern vernacular to make it make sense to make it simple and plain for people to digest and again i think that's how jesus spoke to the people of that time when he was talking to people from a fishing fishing village he talked about fishing when he was mm-hmm. talking to farmers he talked about reaping and sowing yeah, I mean that he he spoke to the people where they were, not where they needed to be, and I think that's one thing, you know, that the message definitely kind of gets lost in the sauce as as people who come from a religious background trying to share and give that message out today. But man, we're almost at time, so I definitely okay. do the floor uh, with closing remark. Uh, anything you want me or anything you want to let the listeners know, go ahead, man. The floor is yours. Well, I just want um, to say that it was an honor being a part of your podcast tonight, you know, um, and that, you know, God is doing great things in you. This is your ministry. This is what he's <laughs> called you and using you to connect people and to touch people. And, um, I just want people, I just want to say that we as a community, and when I say community, I mean the community of Christians that we have an opportunity to change some things. And I hope that people can recognize what God is calling them to do and be willing to do what he, what it is he has called on you. Um, and just be, be righteous, be purposeful in your, in your day and in your life. And I think we can change so much, not just within the African American community, but in the community period. Um, I think we're at a place and a time where we need to bring wholeness back into the world. And, you know, I think, like I said, again, this is a great opportunity for anybody that's going to hear this podcast and to think about where you are and where you want to go and where God needs you to go and just uh, be open and, and be purposeful. And uh, again, this is your boy, JT, the motivator. You can find me on Instagram under JT, the motivator with the number eight, because it's all about new beginnings with me. And, uh, you know, and we're here with your boy C. Will Holla. <laughs> In my mind. In my mind. Everybody knows. Believe Chris. it or not, everybody does know Chris. And if they Chris, don't, they will. I have to say that God gave me the title of that name because I was struggling with coming up with a name. I, I was going to call it and uh, All That Getting because it's definitely one of my favorite scriptures from the Bible. Um, I was going to call it Rising Tide, but somebody already had that name. I mm-hmm. had many profound names picked out. And I was like, dude, I don't I literally digging into the files of my mind. I said, yo, I just call it in my mind. And I was like, in my mind, I looked that up. And clearly that's one of my favorite Pharrell albums from 2005. You know, right. In, in, and I'm saying in my mind, I said, I, I can't call it that. And then I came up with in my mind. Everybody knows Chris because. Hey. Chris knows everybody, so and, and, and it's it's funny you put that out there the way that you put that out there because as far as I can remember, I have been running from that calling for such a long time because to your point, like I just wanted to be a regular person. I don't want to have a calling on my life. I don't want to have responsibility. I just wanted to live and let live, like right. Just do me and every time i mean i ran from my hometown because of that and all of that and i just was like yo you know i just want to live like god calling me in the middle of the night i'm like nah man just just and like i put a post up a couple days ago about that like i'm like seriously at 3 a.m <laughs> hey let me tell you man when when he wants you there's nowhere you can go Facts. where you can hide nowhere you can run he will always turn you back to where it is he wants you to go <laughs> well listen Mr. JT the motivator it has been an absolute honor and a privilege and pleasure to have you speak to the beautiful listeners tonight and to have you just bless, bless this podcast man and again I'm super excited about the shift project 
And the more the, those developments continue to come out, I'll be sure to let the listeners know. I know we have some big things planning. Yeah. Uh, going, we have a big planning going on right now, and we'll have some big things popping in 2019. So I'm super excited about that. Same. And this is a ministry on the move, man. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about that, brother. Yes, it is. You know, miracles happen every day, not always in the church, but right where you are. So that. I appreciate you having me on, brother. And, uh, Likewise, man. A rising tide lifts all boats, bro. So you have a good one. Kiss that beautiful wife of yours for me, man. And we will be in touch, bro. All right. Thanks. Later.